Welcome to SEC Football Live. Uh, not exactly live here because of the holidays. Hope everybody had a great holiday. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter.com, I guess, technically, uh, at Braden Gall. There are a variety of other places to get to me, but I'm not going to tell you those. Uh, just go to the 440 Sports YouTube page if you're listening to this via podcast and give us a little subscription. Hit that little button. We do appreciate it. Joining me on the show today to give us some national perspective on the two college football playoff games is Chris Childers, of course, from Full Ride, host with Rick Neuheisel on Sirius XM, Channel 84, and a longtime friend of the pod, Childers. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. How are you, Yes. Sir? Happy holidays to all. Hope everybody got through it and didn't hate their family too much when it was over. I mean, I think that the biggest challenge for me is getting through the day without yelling at my sister or out yelling or without yelling at my mom. And I made it the whole day without having any conflict with mom. We got really close to the end, but sister had to open her pie hole and <laughs> things happened. So she's a regular Jim day, Harbaugh. Yes. End of the day, though. Merry Christmas. Happy yes, holidays yes. to all. Yeah. I will say, yeah, with seven and five year old Christmas Day was absolutely, oh. absolutely exhausting. It was more exhausting than even like when they were four and three. Like it's even more exhausting now because like the toys are more complicated. Mm -hmm. Santa is, is, is doing a better and better job, which means everything is more energetic. And mm -hmm. I sat down at like 830 on on Monday night, Christmas Day night, and I was just exhausted. So I'm excited to talk about football today. And obviously there's two games. We'll discuss the two different matchups and we'll discuss some of the X's and O's, some of the strengths, strengths and weaknesses in a more traditional sense. But I want to also add some context historically to these matchups. It is the last of an era. It is the end of an era in the college football playoff era. And I just, I wanted to get first, like broadly, not even necessarily these two matchups, because I do think we could have two really great football games in theory. Hope, hopefully I, I want to get your thoughts. Um, when you think of this era and you think of these 10 years and you think of how this will be defined and, you know, we could have two future big 10 teams playing in a championship game. We could have two future sec teams playing in a championship game, which I think is kind of all you need to know about, about the uh -huh. era. Uh -huh. What is it? What is it that you think you will remember about the 10 year run of the 14 playoff? Well, what I think I'm going to remember is that it caused a very top heavy college football until the end, until this year, now, NIL and transfer portal, even that out. And we, this is, I mean, to your point, I think we are going to have competitive games coming up on New Year's Day. And that's a result of the fact that we have more parity now with the NIL and the transfer portal. But until June 21st, 2021, when the Alston case happened, we had a system where I thought the fat were just getting really fat. I mean, Alabama was, you know, like fat bastard in the, uh, the Mike uh, Myers, you know, Austin Powers movie. And so does that uh, mean that Lane Kiffin is like the kernel of corn in the yes, crap? Is that 100%. what that is? 100%. <laughs> He's the little kernel, little nugget. You know, uh, Clemson was getting like Dabo was Jabba the Hud, and they were just getting big and fat. And really, what they were doing was they were stockpiling guys on the defensive line. And it became and great skill players, too, certainly. But when you were that good up front, and you could just put guys in and out, especially in the day of the RPO. And it was like hockey shifts for Alabama. Just put, And they looked the same. That's a huge advantage. A huge advantage. Clemson had it. Uh, Georgia had it at the end to a certain extent. Um, really, to me, it was about Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia-ish. And then it was like the fourth team. Like, in the past, 
I don't know if anybody would have cared if Florida State would have got left out of the playoff because the fourth team was always the lamb for the slaughter. I mean, whoever that last team was going to be that wasn't one of the heavyweights was going to get devoured by somebody by, you know, three touchdowns or more. Unless they were the heavyweight, like unless they were Alabama or Ohio State. Exactly. So to me, that's what I'm going to remember about it. It was good intention. It was... We took baby steps. We went from a BCS that was weird and computer driven and hell that's on SEC undefeated team get left out with Tommy Tuberville. Let's not forget. Um, So that happened back then. To me, it was a baby step. We're moving in the right direction. We're getting a playoff. It's more competitive, but it created this log jam of players in one spot. Clearly the portal is even that out. Uh, NIL is even that out. You're not going to be able to log jam as many kids in the line of scrimmage. And I think that's created what we have. So, you, okay. So me and Michael Bratton have debated this. I've debated this with Steven Lassen as well mm-hmm. on multiple shows. Like, does the gap actually get closed? Like Lane Kiffin is doing this right now. He is winning in 2024. They are paying for uh, their current players. They're paying for portal players. They're paying for recruits. They're, they're, they're writing checks to make sure that they can go for it. Quote unquote, go for it the way NFL teams do in theory, next year. And I, the only reason I, I go off the games, off the college football playoff games for this conversation is that I'm, I want to get your opinion on this because I don't think, I think it closes the gap some between those teams. Like, again, look at Ole Miss and Penn State playing in a bowl game this year. Two teams that were very, 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 very good. Two solid coaches, two quarterbacks that are kind of in various stages of their development, but pretty talented. Ten wins. But ultimately, their four losses were not close to four elite teams, like not close to Georgia and Alabama for Ole Miss, not really all that close to Michigan or Ohio State for Penn State. Now, those are two, Penn State in particular, very big team, very big brand. Do you think programs like Ole Miss, Missouri, Arkansas, South Carolina, teams that have never been able to close the gap, Kentucky in the SEC, will be able to actually close the gap without landing top five recruiting classes? Or just is it a mirage that they have an access to the playoff now? I think they can if, so it's a can if thing. Um, Like I think Ole Miss can win a national championship now. And the reason is they're getting guys like Walter Nolan. That's different, right? That's a big behemoth stud. You get guys like that and stockpile them. Now all of a sudden let's talk because you're not that cute, fancy score a million points per game. But when you get in the trenches, somebody's going to kick your ass. I got you. I agree. Right? Like if you play, if but how you many don't you don't like you need the, don't you need like twenty two Walter Nolans? You do. I mean, and that's the thing. But that's a good start. I mean, A yeah. and M had them yeah. and and didn't do a damn thing, right? So, so you got to <laughs> develop them. You got to coach them yeah. up. I think it can happen. I think maybe not consistently, but I'm going to give those teams more of a shot. I think if you uh, okay. have a shyster coach, and I think Lane is a shyster to a certain degree, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, but just somebody who can kind of manipulate this world that's unchecked. We have no checks, right? The NCAA can't do anything. Uh, Congress isn't doing a damn thing right now, so we have a world that is completely free market, and it's pay-for-play. If you pay-for-play good enough and you coach those kids and develop them, I think Ole Miss can win a national title. Ironically, I never thought it was possible before. Now, when it gets regulated, then I think yeah, it yeah. goes back to normal. Ironically, also Tommy Tuberville's fault. Um, yeah. So, so I want to, I want to start, <laughs> I want to start the conversation. I, I just, Everything's Tommy Tuberville's I fault. I started, I started thinking about a football team 
getting boxed out of a rightful position in the BCS. And I thought, man, Tommy Tuberville. Uh, anyway, I, I, I digress. So <laughs> I, I think I want to know, you and I got started a long time ago. Almost 20 years ago, we started working, yeah. covering college football. And we've seen so much of the BCS era that it evolved into what it is today. We've seen all 10 years of the playoff era. We're about to venture off into this, whatever it is going to be. And I, I'm curious if you can draw any parallels. And we'll start with Alabama and Michigan. Can you draw any parallels? Not not psychology, psychologically is not necessarily the right word, but is there a game that in your mind you have covered that you remember that sort of showed this team that couldn't break through but had all the talent and had all the wins and it's got the personality? I mean, there's un, nothing has ever been the, the Harbaugh story of this year. Like the cheating scandal, whatever you think of it, which I don't think a ton of it, but like whatever you think of it, it, that's unprecedented. But what's is there any game you can think of that replicates the sort of two journeys that this Alabama team so, and this Michigan team have been on? I don't know if I can come up with one specifically, but I know in my head what I think it's going to look like. Um, so I'm not sure Michigan's that good. I know they're the one seed, I know that they got talent, I get it, but do we really know? Like, we haven't. They played not the greatest version of Ohio State. Penn State's horrific offensively. And everybody else in the Big Ten stinks. I mean, stinks. I mean, the offense in the Big Ten this year was lousy. So I think Georgia's the number one team in the nation. No, I do too. <laughs> I do too. I and I like if it was four best teams, I think Georgia should be in the playoff. Yes, exactly. Um I think Alabama, it, to me, it reminds me a little bit of the 2012 buildup to the national title game, which coincidentally had a Midwestern mm. power named Notre Dame with Manti Teo and DeVaris Daniels and all those guys. And they got into the game and literally from the first play, you knew Alabama was just going to kick their ass. Michigan's gotten to this point the last couple of years. They played Georgia and they got Notre Dame, right? They got their ass kicked. Last year, they played TCU and lost to the team that everybody's like, why are they in the national title game? Well, they didn't just get handed it. They got they beat Michigan yeah. to get in it and just got destroyed uh, by Georgia. I think Bama has found a groove. I think they found a rhythm. I think they're going to pummel Michigan. I really do. So it reminds me a little bit of that 2012 game where you had mm. such a buildup because of the names and the brands and the powers. And Manti was, you know, the greatest linebacker Notre Dame seen in a while. And they had star power on that team. It was just pretty obvious when you were there. And I, yeah. that was the one that I was actually at and I could see on the sidelines and you're in pregame warmups. You're like Notre Dame screwed. Right. But like, they, it's but they just so I agree with you, but Notre Dame and no, I, I don't and think I, Michigan has that kind of problem personnel wise, but right. I think they're going to get their bucket. I like the analogy in theory. Cause I think, you know what? Undefeated team got all the headlines. Mm -hmm. There was plenty of controversy with that Manti Teo and his, oh, yeah. and, and Lene Kakua, which, Lene. Is, which is the same thing, of course, with like sort of this Michigan thing. Oh, yeah. And I think it galvanized Notre Dame at the time. And I think it could uh -huh. galvanize Michigan to this. The one I keep, the one I draw, and it's almost a, an, it's not cause I tend to agree with you, honestly, mm -hmm. But there's a like the 2014 Ohio State team, like I know it was a one four that's kind of flipped from what we're talking about now. But and I don't think this Michigan team has the same athletes that that Ohio State team did. But 
that's the one game that I keep thinking about where I'm like, Alabama was good, but not great. Who was the quarterback that year? It was it was Blake Sims, converted running back. Lane yeah. Kiffin was the coordinator. They had Derrick Henry. It wasn't yeah. like Alabama. So like Alabama was good. Uh-huh. But they were clearly, everyone was like, no, clearly they're going to whip Ohio State's ass. And I remember being on the floor of the Sugar Bowl, like covering that game, going into it. And Ohio State people, like those players, now again, there was like 22 NFL players on that team. So that's 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 yeah. a different that's yeah. a different beast. But they were so pissed off about the Big Ten SEC thing that I could see it in like like Joey Bosa's eyes and Zeke Elliott's yeah. eyes and Darren Lee and you know Michael yeah. Bennett and Michael Thomas and Von Bell and Marshawn Lattimore. Again, lots of talent. <laughs> but, so I'm curious because I thought the same. I, Notre Dame, I thought, lost that game getting off the bus. The one you're talking yeah. about in 2012. I'm also then comparing it to 2016 Clemson where 2016 Clemson played Alabama the year before, played a great game, got beat. So they sort of felt like it, what it took to lose the game or win the uh-huh. game or whatever. They, they might have lost that game mentally because they got off the bus and Alabama was the big, bad Alabama. But then they came back the next year, and certainly they had a transcendent quarterback with Deshaun Watson and also a loaded collection of skill players, another thing Michigan may not have. Yeah. But they had this mentality of like, all right, we've been here, we've done this, we know what it takes to lose. Now we're gonna like, 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 screw you. Yeah, we're maybe. gonna get over. We're gonna get over the hump. And I, I need someone to talk me out of this because again, I, I think I'm with you. I, I don't know how they stop Jalen Milrow. I don't know how Michigan runs the football with Blake Corum against that defense. I don't know how their athletes get open in space. I don't, I, I don't see a matchup in which I don't either. Michigan should be better other than up up between the ears where they're just done with this shit. It's been two years of like everyone yeah. telling us that we're terrible. And if they go play their perfect game and Alabama has some like, you know, they don't protect Jalen Milrow or they don't run the football as well or whatever. I don't know. Psychologically, that's the one place. No, I, I hear you. And I mean, that's a Michigan team that's had a chip on its shoulder the entire year. I mean, they've been told from the word go that Harbaugh's a sleaze bag and you know, he had to sit out the first three games and then I, it's amazing to me. And the last the way, three. <laughs> yeah. He just got offered 125 million or something like that. He coached half of the year. Like that's <laughs> incredible. Give some of that to Sharon more for goodness sakes. I mean, Good that's job. wild. Seriously. It's wild. And, you know, maybe Harbaugh uh, in his, you know, just value on game days a little bit overrated. I don't know, but uh, he's a one of a kind dude. If there's any guy that I could see just hasn't slept, hasn't done anything, hasn't golfed. I mean, I know he said he would never golf till he beat Ohio state. He finally did that. So I'm sure he's got a couple rounds in, but I could see him being the hyper obsessive weirdo. That is just, he's not going to be embarrassed again. He's not going to yeah. be on this stage. Who was it that came on? Oh, it was Jed fish who came on the radio show and he worked for Jim and he's like, He's an interesting guy, but the one thing he, that guy was dropped from space to coach football. Like it's yeah, the only yeah. thing he can like, yeah. that's, that's Jim Harbaugh. That's what so, he does. So let's compare Michigan. Let's go. Let's for, for SEC fans who don't know as much about the Michigan story. Like let's go back two years. Mm-hmm. They, they play against Georgia, which is the best defense in the history of the game. Modern era, best defense in 40 years. Yeah, freak show. Didn't win the, didn't win the SEC that year. But mm-hmm. but the best defense we've we've seen in our lifetimes covering college football, basically, obviously out talented and outclassed by that Georgia team. There's no way that that this Alabama team is better than that Georgia team, right? No, maybe okay. offensively, um, but not no. 
not all across the board. I mean, at quarterback, probably Alabama's yeah. better than that yeah. Georgia team. So, in theory, they get outclassed and out-talented that one year, but they don't have to face that same level of opponent this year. Then the next year, I think, and this is my personal opinion, I think J.J. McCarthy basically admitted it pregame, they completely overlooked TCU. Mm-hmm. I, I think they were like, no, we've been here and done that. We've already know what this is like. TCU's been playing these tough games all year. We're gonna whip that ass. And they just oh, they just didn't they didn't expect the fight that they and got. They were in a dot, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And then it was over. And then it was over. Mm-hmm. Quentin they couldn't couldn't cover Quentin Johnston, and that's it. Yep. So I'm 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 trying to figure out if I'm Bama and I'm Nick Saban. That is what their life has been like on top of the cheating scandal and the Jim Harbaugh stuff. Like there, if there's ever been a galvanized room, and I'm trying to talk myself out of this. Like I don't know why no, I I'm agree. Doing this. Don't you find it incredible though that I think nationally, the team that everybody hates going into the game is Alabama. I really do. I think like they're pissed they got in, pissed that they replaced Florida State. I keep hearing it. Like I was at Christmas in Chicago and Alabama shouldn't be in. It's almost like the Michigan crap never happened. It's almost like Harbaugh never sat six games. (laughs) There was no Connor Stallions. Like we don't care. And to me, that's like the post-Trump America. And I'm not saying anything political. But think about it. Like, we have accepted nonsense as just fine. Like, Jim Harbaugh sits six games and gets a $120 million offer. Now, when you and I were working together, that was heresy. (laughs) No way. No way. Things made sense back then. Left was left. Right was right. Up was, you know. Nowadays, it is so ass backwards. What we accept is just, oh, whatever. He cheated his ass off. He had Cutter Stallion. Whether you thought it was a big deal or not, the fact of the matter is, the guy was in stadiums. He was right, doing right, 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 over right, against right. the rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. What are we doing here? And and it's like, eh, you know, what the hell? So, no but so I, I find that so interesting also because I've said this all year on the show. And everyone disagrees with me. Everyone says I'm wrong. And maybe I am. I'm uh, look, I'm, I'm married. I've been wrong many times. Yeah. I I think this is the most likable Alabama team I've ever seen. I do. T- I because, agree. Because, but I think the fact that they got in over Florida State drives dude, a lot of people nuts. Well, Florida State didn't deserve it. Georgia should be pissed off. I agree. Not Florida State. Oh, I, in fact, in fact, I've said this on the show. I think Ohio State was better than Florida State, but that's totally. without without Jordan Travis. But you're right. You're but right. Here's the thing. Yes. Nick Saban is like this. Like he's like joking with callers on his coaches shows. He's far more likable and more approachable as a human being this year, all off season preseason. He's talking about carrot cake at SEC media days. Like Uh he's, he's talking about his grandma bacon, bacon cakes in his grandma's kitchen. Like he's, he's been on a different plane the entire year. Jalen Milrow gets benched, loses to Texas plays, not a terrible game for a second game in the history of his career. Gets, I guess it was technically his third. I guess he started the AM game the year before, but you know what I mean. As the starter, he gets benched, whatever you want to call it, some secret suspension or who knows what, but mm. he gets taught a lesson. And then Alabama and Nick Saban get taught a lesson that he's pretty damn good w- watching their offense against South Florida. And then he comes back out and he goes on and finishes top five in the Heisman, top six in the Heisman because he's Michael Vick Jr. Also, one of the most likable human, like one of the most likable Alabama players that I can remember covering the the smile and the personality and the story like Dallas Turner's very unlikable. <laughs> he's he's the guy who's a couple dirty shots on Quinn Ewers and Jaden Daniels and everyone's like, "Oh, yeah. that guy kind of sucks." Yeah. But by by and large, I mean Jermaine Burton's got some unlikability. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yes, he does. Tennessee <laughs> fans don't like him. But there's like I don't know. It, it's 
they're, they're, they have, I they're agree. Not, you know what I'm saying? But I invite you to spend a couple days in the Midwest and, <laughs> and you'll just, it's still Saban. It's still Bama. It's still the SEC. And if it has SEC next to it and it's Alabama, it might, you might as well be saying the F word to somebody. Like they just, except they Ohio State. Like it. I was yes. on a plate. I was on a flight. I was on a flight back from uh, Florida right before Christmas. And one of the guys working on the plane had like a, a necklace, like a lanyard that had Buckeyes. He had a Buckeyes lanyard. <laughs> so I got on and I was like, who are you rooting for? And and I was like, because like both of these pretty much are the worst possible. And he goes, yeah. I can never, I, he goes, I can never root for Michigan. And I was like, yeah. I was like, good. All right. You're rooting for Bama yeah. then. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, I don't know. He's on board. I, I know my, um, my friend Dan Cameron, who you know, I do, uh, who went to Ohio State, uh, he's absolutely rooting for Alabama. He can't stand <laughs> Alabama. Remember, like he can't, he can't. You were with uh, us, in, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Gulf I don't want when he was ripping on all the Alabama people. So we don't need to but talk he's about. He's definitely, definitely what, rooting for the Tide. What happens before our marriage and and without clothing on Gulf Shores coastline <laughs> is it's not for it's not for this podcast. Um, so ultimately, it sounds like. Like I'm trying to talk myself into Michigan, but I don't see how the match. I don't. I don't, I don't know where a matchup favors no. Michigan. I don't. I can't find one on paper. Unless... I think the other game is going to be great. This one, I don't. I don't know. So te- you're talking Texas, Washington? Washington you don't know? To be, yeah, I think that one's got a chance to be so, thirty something, thirty something at the end. I'm, I'm the quarter. I'm the same way. I'm the same way, and I think that's traditionally that's how everybody kind of looks at this. Now, again, same question. Texas and Washington. Washington actually, to me, is very like to me. This is very much. TCU last year, not just because they're purple, but because they have a a great offense, a great quarterback, uh, lots of close games. They don't recruit. They both had exactly the same average recruiting class, 34th in the nation coming into those games. Nobody really picked them to do much, but a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback, um, underdog in the game, playing the big team. Like Texas, of course, is different than Michigan. There's no question about that. I, I, I can't think of a, honestly, there's not a matchup in the playoff mm-hmm. era that I can think of that matches what this game is psychologically where Texas has been mentally for the last 15 years yep. and where Washington has been, which is also in the playoff, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I can't think of a matchup that, that this game reminds me of. Honestly, I can't either, you know, maybe if Texas had been good for a while, it would feel a little different, but I think they've got to be so grateful they're here. Like, think of how they've positioned themselves, even if they don't win this game or don't win the championship, and they very well could. I mean, Texas could could win the whole thing. But even if they don't, think about they made the playoff. They're probably going to be competitive in this game no matter what. And they're going to the SEC with momentum. I mean, they're just positioned well. I think. Do you, like, do you think that so... happens? Sorry, do you think that happens, though, if they get beat? If they go, they finally are quote unquote back and then they get beat. They get one and done. I think it's, they still have momentum. I still think they made the playoff. I think they beat Alabama on the road. I mean, that, that to me is the biggest thing. Them beating Alabama on the road this year was like so much equity and respect from everybody. And I think for recruiting, it's huge. And for transfer portal stuff to be able to sell the Sark, Hey, like we're, we're here, we're going to Alabama. We're winning. They just beat Georgia on a neutral field. You can come here and, reach your highest goals like you used to be able to do back in the day at Texas. I think they're going to have a lot of momentum. I I really think that they're Texas A&M's worst nightmare. I mean, with them coming in so bad, the way they're coming in, the momentum they have, and A&M just keeps pissing on itself. I mean, they just, they had every opportunity to make themselves great, and they've just pissed all over themselves continuously. And they just can't, 
ever like they've had unbelievable personnel and they suck. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I uh, think it's their nightmare coming. I want to go back. I want to I uh, quickly and I forgot to ask you this. Like what happens yeah. to Nick Saban? And, and I guess you could ask the same question to Jim Harbaugh. Like, are they more likely to like is Nick Saban more likely to retire with a championship or more likely to retire with a loss? I think more likely with a championship. Uh, he's changed. He's different. But I think he's still a competitive son of a gun. I think if he were to win a title at this age with this team in this era, with the coaching job that he did and with the fact that they had that USF game with the musical chairs at quarterback and the offensive line was a disaster and it's gotten really good, I think he can look back and be like, you know what? Championship seven at Alabama, number eight total. I did it. I ran a good race. The younger guys can have this nonsense with NIL and the portal. Like, I'm good. I did my thing. I think Harbaugh, I think it's fascinating because I think there's still the NCAA posse trying to get him. There's a $120 plus million contract on the table. But I also believe, like, in my heart of hearts, I think he's going to coach the Bears. I, oh, do. I, I think he's in the NFL. I, yeah, I and think I think he's, he's with Chicago. I really do. But I, but I also don't Chicago. think it matters what he does. If he wins the championship, he could go. You think he's gone no matter what? If I he agree. loses the champion, yeah. if he loses to Bama, he could go. I agree. I think he's gone no matter what. Yeah. I think he's going to be with the Bears. I really do. I think Kevin Warren needs to get over whatever kind of <laughs> personality thing because he's not work. I mean, he's the president. He doesn't have to work with the guy on a daily basis. I think Harbaugh in Chicago is a good fit. Um, As a Bears fan, I would be interested in it in it. I don't know if it works, but I'm interested. Um, I'd be very curious to see if Harbaugh was the coach, what they would do with Justin. Fields. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Anyway. Let's get back. Let's go back yeah. to Texas. Sorry. So the question ultimately is, does Texas, are they ready? Cause we just got done talking about Michigan's been on the stage. Alabama has been on the mm -hmm. stage. Clemson. It took them two years to break through and be on the stage. Ohio state sick and tired of everything. 2014 breaks through. You kind of have to be on the stage to handle the stage sometimes. We saw Oklahoma fail at this almost literally every time they had a chance to do this with elite offenses. They don't have the same defensive line, which is the thing we talk about with Oklahoma all the time. Yeah. They do not have they do not have the defensive line. Texas does. But they don't they haven't been here before. They don't understand they, like how much of a cuz I think Sark has. He knows this stuff. But how much of a factor is this the situation for both of these teams? I think it matters. I think the good thing is that both of them have no idea what they're getting into. So there's no advantage, right? If this was them playing Alabama, if they were playing even Michigan, Michigan's like you said, numerous times during this segment, um, Michigan has been here. They haven't had success, but they've been here. They know what it's like to go to bed the night before, wake up, get ready. Washington, Texas, it's going to be like, oh my God, what is this Christmas day? What, <laughs> what is happening right now? The good news is that they whoever wins it is going to get that jitters out of the way, right? They're going to now yeah. now they're going to have a game under their belt. So I don't you don't think, think Washington you don't think Washington beats Alabama? No. So even though they get the jitters out of the way, they're not a team that wins a champ. They could no. they beat Texas? I mean, but could I they beat? It, could they beat Michigan? I mean, it's not going to be a, any like an excuse that they were yeah, overwhelmed yeah, yeah. Okay. by the moment. Okay. They're just going to be I not as you. good. I got you. Um. I think they could beat Michigan. I think Washington could beat Michigan. I think Washington could beat Michigan. I think Texas beats Michigan. But at Michigan. the end of the day, I think it's Texas and Alabama and, the, and Houston. <laughs> so they, so they, they're, they're able to handle the situation. And to me, what I loved about Washington's approach, and I said this earlier last week on the show, 
Like Ryan Grubb went outside the tackles. He went outside the tackles against Oregon. He said, we're going to hit the edge with Dylan Johnson. It wasn't Michael Penix that won that game. It was the running game and the defense being healthy. But they but they hit the edge, hit the edge, hit the edge, hit the edge. And that is, I don't know how you run right at Tavondre Sweat and the defensive line of Texas. They've got to hit the edge. So I like the fact that they they know that and they, they've game planned for that. But Texas knows it too. So again, if they play like they did in the first half against Oklahoma State, if they play like that on 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 offense, I don't know how I don't know how you beat I don't know how Washington has enough firepower because I feel like Texas gets a couple stops in the second half. I just yeah, think they I get a couple think, stops. I agree. I think what your description of Washington earlier was really good and was really accurate. They're kind of TCU-ish. If Texas is what I think they are, and you mentioned the defensive line talent. You mentioned some of the personnel on offense. I know not having your top running back hurts, but I don't think it's going to kill them. I just think player for player, you're going to see the difference in the second half. I think it's going to be a hell of a game back and forth, but I think we're going to get to a point where you see the difference with Texas and personnel. So, I don't think I don't think America wants Texas. It's going to be an all that. SEC championship. Yeah, I don't think America wants that. And I, that's what it is. It's an all SEC. It's Big Ten versus SEC. There's two power leagues. That's what we have. Uh, that's why Florida State's kicking and screaming. I mean, that's why they're throwing a piss fit right now, trying to get out. We have two major conferences, and it's just going to keep going that way. And they're going to keep getting bigger and stronger. So it is what it is. If you don't like it, yeah. I Sorry. I do I do think the best two matchups I I don't know if this is irony or not but I, I, the best two matchups are Washington Michigan and Texas mm-hmm. Alabama yeah the question is if it's Texas and Michigan which by the way from a uniform helmet on the field standpoint would be just absolutely gr- graphically aesthetically awesome I think America would really like that nationally it'd be great be a, it would yeah. be great. Yeah, but and and again, the uniforms, Michigan, and the helmets, and the winged helmets versus the hook'em and the burn orange and the maize and blue. It would be great. Mm-hmm. Like people would love to see that. It'd be something new. Michigan hasn't been in the national title game in twenty years. I mean, it it would be great. So, I I don't know. I, I don't know how a Texas Michigan matchup plays out. We got time, lots of time to discuss this stuff. But I I mean, I'm I'm taking Bama. I got him at plus I'm two too. when the line first came out. It hasn't really moved. I'm I'm surprised about that. I took Texas minus the four, but I don't. That feels like a large number when I took it. So, ultimately, it sounds like you're you're leaning Texas and Alabama back in the championship game. Roll tide and hook them. That's exactly where I'm going. I just, I think they're too good. The personnel's too good. I think the quarterbacks are going to be difference makers in this game. Um, and yeah, I just I I've tried to talk myself into Michigan. And then yeah. every time I do, I'm like, no, no, no. And I really haven't talked myself into Washington ever. And maybe that's a mistake, but I've covered this sh- stuff too long. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we kind of, I know, I know. We kind of know better than to I get, know. you know, no, I want to believe I, in that. I am truly talking myself into like, oh no, it's the Michigan. Like we're yeah, so pissed man. off. It's been three years of this garbage. We're fed up, and we're gonna we're not taking we're not gonna take it anymore. And we're gonna play our perfect game. And Alabama's flawed football team, like flawed as Alabama can be. And we're and we're gonna play a perfect one hundred percent football game, and we're gonna beat Alabama because Jalen Milrow, you know, misses on an intermediate pass and on third down in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then it's like, no, Michael Penix is gonna have some miraculous drive. And by the way, I'm just gonna float this at the end of this show, and I've said it before on a few other shows, Michael Penix. Odd dude. Great quarterback. 
odd dude. Uh, just want to put that out there. Um, but I th- like he might be he might deliver and like he's going to be so good in the receivers and Romeo Dunze and like all these guys and like Dylan Johnson they're going to deliver a fourth quarter and and the and the defense is healthy and the safeties are healthy and all those pass rushers are healthy and Washington ha- finds ways to win. They've done it all year and they figure out a way to win again. Like that's how you talk yourself into those two games. But no, the paper, nope. the pa- the paper, no, and the history. Like I've said, we've done this in Alabama far too long. I, I quite frankly, I think the the two wrong teams are favored in, in the championship. I, I yeah, well, not 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 no. Texas is favored in the other one, uh, but Michigan's a two point favorite in the Rose, and that's yep. yep, that's wild to me. All right, where can everybody find you? Tweet at you. Tweet uh, at you when when we're wrong about all this. Yeah, stuff. at Childers Radio on Twitter, um, and then Full Ride on um, Sirius XM. All right. Well, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to you and the fam. Uh, we'll talk soon again. Thank you for hanging out. Of course, uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Go over to 440 Sports YouTube page. That's 440 Sports. If you're listening to this via podcast, and give us a subscription. We've got every single SEC bowl game up there, a full preview over there. Myself, Stephen Lassen did that, so go check that out. I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, otherwise, uh, we do appreciate it. Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy. SEC Live will actually be live on Tuesday, uh, January 2nd. To break it all down, Bratton will be back in the saddle, so we do appreciate you, Childers, for hanging out with us. Thank you, man. Great to see you. Good to talk Thank to you, Thank you. Happy holidays again, everybody. Enjoy the games, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.